basin in the old bayou. Find your favorite fishing pole. Find out where's the next honey hole. Only on the top rod fishing machine. Good morning and welcome to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. I'm Tony Landry along with Ricky Watkins for our weekly fishing and hunting show. And uh, uh, good morning, Rick. Good morning, Tony. Anyway, welcome to Kane Radio FM Band 107.5 and AM 1240. And the purpose of the show is to keep our listeners updated with the fishing and the hunting in the area, along with Louisiana and uh, stories around the USA and the world. And, Rick, uh, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for these fine sponsors. Yeah, you're right, Tony. We've got to thank our sponsors, Alamo, Alamo Hydraulics, Doors Heating and Cooling, Coca-Cola, Quarter Tavern, and Home Run Pizza. And if you'd like to uh, give us a phone call, uh, the number is 337-367-1240. You can also listen to us online at www.kane1240.com. Anywhere in the world, and if you have an Alexa, just say Alexa, play Kane 1240, and you may also listen uh, to Kane on any accessible internet device. We're live here at the studios at 107 West Main Street here in downtown New Iberia, right next to Victor's Cafeteria, which is open. And Rick, uh, freshwater, saltwater fishing, we're shaking, my man. Tony, I've seen a couple little limits of specs uh, this past week. They wasn't real big, but good, good size eating fish, and... Uh, the freshwater has been doing real well. Well, I have. You know, not everybody's, not everybody, but most people, Tony's doing hunting now. And, uh, you know, the, the fishing's winding down for the year. And, and most clubs have already had their last tournaments and looking forward to going into next year. But uh, the, the basin's still been good, but I see it's uh, it's about to change. So that all may be coming to, uh, to a halt for a while. But uh, it's been a good year, Tony. We've been catching on spinner baits and... Uh, I've been flipping a jig lately and, and doing pretty good. And when I say a jig, it's a bulkier bait. This time of year, your fish, they, they'll slow down, and they only feed like once a day. And then it, it's uh, like like the, the feeding period with, you know, we got less daylight, Tony, the water's cooler, so they don't feed as much. So, uh, But I've been catching a few good fish on a jig. And, uh, you know, Rick, uh, also uh, looks like the river, it's, the river or uh, Butler Rose, uh, yeah. looks like the the water levels are starting to come up a little bit, and uh, good or bad, uh, but we yeah. need. Uh, yeah, it needs to come up, Tony, yeah, and replenish. Just a little bit. Yeah, um, it's down around four feet. Uh, yeah, and it's been like that for a while. So and I've uh, seen the forecasts uh, like two weeks ago that they were projecting two weeks out, which is getting close to it, that the river was going to start rising, and when that river rises, the basin's going to rise because uh, you have a lot of tributaries that come off of the river that that feeds into the Chafalaya Basin. You know. The Henderson Swamp, all of that's going to start coming up, and uh, that comes off of uh, off of the Mississippi River. Yeah, and it, yeah, and also uh, look, the river could use some more, a lot more water too. Oh yeah, uh, as uh, maybe uh, some of the rain from up in the Midwest and out west, for that matter, through the Missouri River and all. So comes down through the uh, Louisiana. Uh, in the meantime, we're looking at maybe a week from now. Uh, of course, today's December the ninth, uh, somewhere around the. Uh, 18th, 19th, the river's going to climb up to a little over six feet. Yeah. And that's a, just about a two-foot uh, uh, right. incline. So, uh, and I and, noticed, Tony, they're getting some snow uh, out in the Midwest, so it, it won't be long. It'll start, uh, it'll start ticking up, you know. Sure. And, Ricky, you mentioned what was working for you, you know, with the baits and all. Uh, if somebody wanted to take out, because the weather's been warm, you know I mean? It's not been cold, uh, we, we, even though we're still in the end of fall this Winter equinox is, I think, December 21st. So, uh, yeah. uh, hopefully, uh, you can see, uh, you know, some fish out there. I mean, the weather's been warm. I think the high today 
not having a, a calendar at hand, but it's going to be in the mid to high 70s. Yeah, see? pretty much all this week. Uh, you know, like Jeff was saying, until next week, it's, it's not going to cool down until next week. But we're supposed to get a lot of rain this coming weekend. Now, I did hear a little report in Toledo, Tony, they're catching on shiners again uh, with these fronts coming through. And then ever so often now, you know, that they're going to come through stronger and uh, it'll be getting cooler so the fish are back down. But they are catching on shiners right now, Toledo being in 25 to 30 foot of water. And uh, basically, uh, with uh, you, you've been fishing, of course, the last uh, few weeks, and you had mentioned a little bit er- uh, earlier in the show that what was working for you. Tony, and when we've been fishing out of Sherrington, we were catching on spinnerbaits. Uh, now, I did go a couple of times. Like I said on, on air, I put the, you know, took the boat off the trailer, put the boat back on the trailer. Just when you get these strong northerly winds, and uh, it just it sucks all the water out of the basin. When the basin's working with the tide and, you, and then you get a, a strong northerner come through, there's no water. And, uh, I mean, and Sherrington gets real, real low. I mean, Duck hunting wise, it's all right, but fishing wise, it, there, there was just no water, you know. Well, with that, uh, Rick, I, I take it you haven't been out to uh, Marshfield at all uh, in the last few weeks. Last time I went, Tony, uh, we caught I think it was ten fish, and we had a decent trip. But there you go again. It was a, a strong front was coming in, and uh, you know we played heck trying to get out of the wind. You know we did catch a few fish, but we didn't do as good as I thought. But the front, you know, we, we had waited a little too long to get out there. And the front that came in was very strong. And uh, like I said, we had trouble trying to get out of the wind. So basically, uh, your, your, your fish catching uh, has happened over in uh, the Sherrington area. Yeah, mostly. Sherrington's been good to me, Tony, and also the uh, Miette Point area has been, we did very well. Because, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, as the basin gets lower, you, you cannot get out of Sherrington. Uh, like I you know, was telling you last week and telling the folks on the air, couple of my buddies got camps down the beehive and you know they were told no you can't oh i got a joe boat i can get out well they had to call an airboat to pull him out because uh in sherrington was when you know when the water gets that low you just you just the sherrington is landlocked you can't get in or out you know i'm kind of the sandbars so i've been going down to uh, me at point a lot and uh, me at point has been good to me also you have like a, a deep channel tone and it goes out of the middle and it hits the ga cut now once you get in the ga you know you got navajo cold waters and you got a lot deeper water so that's why I like to go down to me at point. Anyway, uh, taking uh, center stage right now, it looks like, you know, we've talked about uh, the or, uh, this fall about they're putting limits uh, with regards to the size and the weight on uh, speckled trout. And uh, they even uh, up around in north Louisiana, around Dorborn Lake, uh, they're talking about maybe putting some limits on uh, Sockalay, too. Yeah. And then now taking center stage is the redfish now. Right. And uh, last Thursday, the Wildlife and Fisheries Commission issued uh, the latest redfish assessment okay. in state waters. And uh, basically, it doesn't sound good. And it appears that uh, we're headed towards a tighter catch uh, regulations uh, for the popular recreational uh, redfish. So uh, while our state biologists say they believe that uh, our spawning redfish stock is above the biological acceptable limit, okay. the number of spawning redfish is declining to the point that it requires management changes okay. is the headline here. So uh, right. here's a summary. The staff studies two redfish age groups. The first is the juvenile stock that uh, tops out at age five, and then most times it measures uh, less than 27 inches. All right. And the second group are the older fish. The juveniles live in the inside waters, and uh, 
and are estimated to make up as much as 97% of the recreational take in recre- uh, regulation limited keeper reds, that is, and a minimum of uh, 16 inches. The daily creel is five with only one keeper allowed to measure longer than 27 inches. Right. And because of our redfish uh, reach spawning maturity at five years old, it's these young that they need to escape meaning they need to get out in the breeding stock at a greater rate than uh, what our biologists are finding. And uh, basically, uh, they're gathering the data and are finding escapement rate uh, slightly above 20% of the juvenile stock. And the established uh, escapement rate is 30% is what they'd like to see. So there's a 10% gap there okay. uh, they'd like to move. And, and to understand the spawning cycle, one has to know that the breeding size redfish move to off-coast and offshore waters. There is a ban on taking all redfish from federal waters some nine miles off our state coast and that the redfish are among the longest living fish we have in our waters. Didn't know that. I didn't either, Tom. 40 years. Yeah. Redfish can live up to 40 years. If you asked me that, I never would have guessed that. And the point is made clear that more young fish need to get uh, to the larger to join a breeding stock. So, uh, and you know, as well as I do back in the day, another point made clear is that redfish were named for the state's only saltwater game fish in 1988, and that uh, has been uh, exclusive to the recreational fishing sector. And you know, as well as I do, uh, the redfish became a hot commodity when Paul oh, yeah. Prudhomme yeah. Uh, came up with his black and redfish yeah. dish. Oh, yeah. And uh, what marine biologists now have found in the tragedies that uh, Louisiana's redfish, escapable stock, was staggering low down to 5%. And it didn't take long for the reduced to take to 5 And during those years, uh, an LSU professor by the name of Richard Condry testified that the stock could be rebuilt rapidly with creel reductions. And by the mid-1990s, he was right. So uh, in the meantime, uh, you know, uh, that's something that's uh, – we're looking at it all over the place too, Rick, whether it be – you know, you can recall, I'm sure, being the bass fisherman you are over the years. I mean, you go out and catch all the bass uh, you wanted at one yeah. time oh, yeah. years ago, but now they've got limits on it. they got yeah. limits uh, soon to be – well, they have limits now on the speckled trout of 25, yes, looking like it's going to be 15 with a, length, a limit too. And along with the redfish and uh, sockele, I think they're testing the waters up there in Lake Dorborn with the uh, yeah. sockele too, Rick. I think it's uh, going to come once they see what uh, the limits can do on the number of uh, sockele you can catch. Uh, I just, I think it, that's just uh, yeah, the way be, uh, life's going right yeah, now. Yeah, your larger impoundments may be uh, statewide. You're right. So it's just something we're going to keep an eye on, and uh, with the redfish and. Uh, and the commission uh, met. I, I was looking earlier for stories or press releases that came out of that uh, meeting uh, Wednesday sometime. It was the 7th, I do believe. And the commission will have to get past protecting the activity of taking millions upon millions of pounds. And the Manhattan's coming into fact, too. You know that. We've talked about that on this show. Yeah. And that's a speckled trout delicacy. Right. Uh, that which keeps the specks near the coastline mm-hmm. and all. And the commercial fishing on those Manhattan, the pogies, as we uh call them down here right. uh, hopefully we can see that uh get to be a little bit better and uh anyway for the wildlife fisheries proposed speckled trout the 13 and a half inch minimum size 15 day creel limit there's enough uh, evidence from other marine biologists suggest a 12 inch minimum size and possibly something less than 15 a day would achieve the same results faster than the current proposal but uh with the specs but anyway rick uh the times uh, as they say they are changing as right. we uh noted 
and uh, hopefully uh, we'll see some progression with that. And there's a lot of redfish out there. Too. Oh, yeah. We're, well, the good news is like the brackish water. Yeah, know? I agree. Yeah. And I agree with that. And you can find them out there in Shark Bayou and different go areas. That's, That's right. right. Uh, the Humble, right when we used to fish, uh, I don't fish the Humble as much anymore because the basin has been so hot. But you'd make a cast, catch a two-pound bass. You'd make another cast, same bait. Catch a three-pound redfish. Yeah. So, oh, you know, they, they, they love brackish water. Oh, you're right about that. Anyway, there's some good news about red snapper now. Effective January 1st, the Louisiana Recreational Offshore Fisherman can catch more uh, red snapper than any time in the last 20 years. You ready? Okay. The National Fisheries Management uh, approved the final rule that will increase to an 881,000-pound uh, allocation. For uh, 2023, that's 70,000 pounds more than this year's allotment. Okay. And maybe Louisiana offshore guys and gals could have a four snapper per day taking those weekends. Uh, of course, the season will begin Memorial Day weekend. So uh, that's something that's come into play. It's still and, an expensive uh, fish, Tom. Th- oh, yeah. To get out there and do what you got to do, Man, you're right. expensive fish. You better be able to uh, <laughs> latch on to some other wild fish or game fish. Anyway, as I mentioned, the FinFish Task Force met Wednesday, and I, I'm not sure where it came out. I was looking for some articles, press releases in that regard to see what they said about that, but uh, right. not sure what uh, is going to take place there. Elsewhere, I uh, saw this just this morning. Had I had a chance to read over it really well. It's a commercial large coastal sharks possession limit increases to 55 sharks when the season opens January 1. Didn't know they had a limit even on okay. sharks, you know, no. in that regard. And you know as well as I do, when you go out fishing past Marshall Island on the mounds and all, all those little sand sharks, man, hit your lines as oh, you yeah. try to catch fish. And, uh, the, boy, they can do some damage, I seen too. a clip this morning, Tony. A guy was in a kayak, and a great white came up and rubbed the side of his kayak. So <clears throat> he texted his buddy and said, what do I do? He said, film it. I, I know what I'd have been doing. I've been paddling. <laughs> He's told him film it. Yeah, it does yeah not I've been like, getting the heck out of there. It's not like feet family. And dude, now. this thing like, was huge, bro. Well, I'm oh, sure yeah. if I had a tw- anything over ten he, feet, he was he was close to twenty. Yeah, oh, fifteen wow. to twenty. Oh yeah, wow, big, a big great white. Anyway, we're going back to the sharks. Officials with the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries announced that the daily possession limit for commercially harvested large coastal sharks now in this category are the great hammerhead, the scalloped hammerhead, the smooth hammerhead, the nurse shark. The black tip shark, the bull shark, the lemon shark, the sandbar shark, the silky shark, the spinner shark, and the tiger shark. And the dead shark. Yeah. <laughs> it's increasing it from 45 to 55 per day when the 2023 season opens uh, next month, January 1. The adjustment was made by the Secretary uh, Montese, uh as he authorized the Wildlife and Fisheries Commission action in the uh, rule after he was informed by the NOAA fisheries of a similar adjustment in the federal waters of the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, the department would like to also remind commercial harvester there is no longer a prohibited season okay. for the commercial harvest of the sharks from April to June. Recent action by the Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries Commission eliminated this seasonal closure, and there's still no possession of sand shark Sand bar sharks Sand allowed bar. Yeah. unless the commercial fisherman has in their name and in their possession a valid federal shark research permit right. as described in the federal regulations. I'm trying to miss your question. I'm not trying to be. Yeah, go ahead. Is it the meat thereafter for the shark or 
Is it? Yeah. Do they have oil? I mean, you know, I just. I I think there's a combination of things uh, with the shark. I think the shark meat is as good as any other fish. Right. You know, basically, I look at sharks as being the garbage disposals of the oceans. That's what I thought. Of course, crawfish is good too. You know. Yeah. Just to say. Yeah, but the sharks, you know, and I, and at one time I thought that we were overfishing sharks at one time. Uh, uh, As I mentioned, you know, they're pretty much the scavengers of the bays, the oceans, uh, and keep things clean. And uh, anyway, uh, I, guess, just, I guess they got a reason for, uh, you know, for hunting them or catching them or whatever. That they do. So yeah. uh, in the meantime, uh, talk a little bit about uh, some birds. And uh, before we take our first break in a few moments, uh, additional birds diagnosed with avian influenza. Basically, that's the bird flu. I heard a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, and uh, it's been detected at, It's been detected in wild birds, domestic poultry, and both uh uh, or in both the 49 states and results in deaths of birds and all. And the Center for Disease Control considers uh, this uh, bird flu a low risk for public health. But you got to be careful with it like anything else. Yeah. It is a sickness and uh, and with these birds so uh, around. And they and they, they basically tell you that uh, do not handle or eat sick game. But, you know, it's kind of yeah. tough to identify it. And, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, a, a lot of them are malnutrition. They're, they're thin. They, they walk just like the cow, the, the rare, that cow disease we see through uh, yeah, out with the and, deer and all yeah, that. Yeah, and then the deer with yeah. the COVID, uh, the uh, the CWD mm-hmm. uh, disease. So it's something they want you to keep an eye on. And they basically have noticed that birds in Avoyles, Calcasieu, Morehouse, Ouachita, Richmond parishes have been tested positive. Okay. So uh, Calcasieu, uh, Cal that's down our way, it's above Cameron, of Alls, a little bit north of us, Morehouse up in north Louisiana, along with the Ouachita and Richland parishes. So uh, they have seen some birds with uh, the flu. So, uh, folks, you yeah. up in those areas, be careful and all. So they tell you to field dress and prepare the game outdoors, well-ventilated, wear rubber, disposable uh, gloves, uh when done handling the game, wash your hands thoroughly. Uh, do not eat, drink, or consume tobacco products while handling these animals. So uh, all games should be cooked thoroughly to at least 165 degrees. So avoid contact with surfaces that appear to be contaminated with the feces from wild or domestic birds. So uh, a lot of rules out there. So, folks, uh, if you want more information on this, go to Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries website to pick all that up. And uh, remind to you that yep. uh, it's something you got to keep an eye on, uh, just the way things are going yes, through our society right now. Anyway, let's go ahead and take our first break this morning to listen to uh, the KANE uh, Fishing and Hunting Show. Uh, we'll be back with more right after this. Alamo also does fabrication work on cylinders, valves, pumps, and motors of all brands. Located at 2712 West Admiral Doyle Drive, you can call Chris Williamson at 303-3799. That's Alamo Hydraulics, a proud sponsor of the Cane Fishing and Hunting Show. Everyone loves pizza, and everyone loves a home run. Put them together, and you have home run pizza. And yes, right here in New Iberia, located at 3816 East Old Spanish Trail, it's New Iberia's newest takeout pizza, and delivery is available. Dough is made fresh each day, and you get an assortment of toppings. Try the Grand Slam, the Double Play, or Mr. Meaty. They're all home runs at Home Run Pizza, 256-5783. That's 256-5783. We have a new player on the field, and he's ready for kickoff with a delicious ice-cold Coca-Cola. And the kick. 
ice, giving him a little trouble as a few cubes shake loose. He's probably going to pour it here, and he does. The glass is full. Can he go all the way? He did it! Oh, wow! And just listen to that fizz! That might have been the most refreshing thing that I've ever seen. Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling. A new carrier heating and air conditioning system from Dahl's Heating and Cooling can save you money every month. Thanks to the newest line of carrier energy-efficient technology products, you can lower your utility bill. Don't forget to ask about the cool cash savings through your local carrier dealer. Turn to the carrier experts at Dahl's Heating and Cooling. Call Dan, you're my AC man today, at 337-367-2511. That's 337-367-2511. License number 6286. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music Thursday. It's Southern Jack, Saturday, Cajun Company, and Sunday, T.K. Hewlin, along with Steve Adams' four-piece trio. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's. Best drink prices in the buried domestic beer. Just $2 imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. And don't forget, now serving fresh fruit margaritas and daiquiris. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main. Follow them on Facebook for the calendar and daily specials. The hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5, AM 1240, and streaming at Kane1240.com. Welcome back to Kane's Fishing Fishing and Hunting Show here on uh, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And, Rick, uh, with the hunting seasons, uh, you know, we had our first split uh, with the uh, ducks. Uh, Of course, deer hunting, uh, people are getting going and all that. uh, And the ducks uh, in the east and west zones, uh, including Coots and Morganza's, the second split opens on the... December the 17th with uh, right. a lot of areas on the east and west zone with geese. It includes the blue, the Canadian, uh, the snow, the Ross, the speckle bellies, uh, the taken Canadian geese prohibited in portions of Cameron and Vermilion parishes. I'm not sure where those areas are. You better look it up to make sure. With regards to snipe, uh, statewide, the first split and the second split opens uh, on the 17th of December. Uh, the geese in the conservation order is the 5th of December through the 16th, so you got a few more days there. Uh, the east and west zones, limited take on the blue, snow, Ross, and geese only. Uh, so you need to uh, make sure. In the deer with the modern firearms from December the 8th to the January 15th, that's in state deer area 2 and with or without dogs. Elsewhere, uh, the deer and the modern firearms from December 10th to January 8th in the state deer areas 1 and 4, and that's with or without dogs. Also, um, the uh, deer modern firearms December 10th, which uh, will be tomorrow to the 22nd of January in the state deer area 6. That's with or without dogs in the state deer areas 5 and 9 with or without dogs. Bucks only except either sex take allowed from uh, December 10th to the 11th. So this is the weekend basically and then December 17th to the 18th. Doves, the third split in the south zone starts on the 17th of December to January 15th and the north zone is closed. Woodcock, uh, the statewide is December 18th through the 31st. And deer and modern firearms through January 1st through deer areas 3, 7, and 8. With or without dogs, state deer area 10, still hunt only. Rails and ganules, uh, January 4th statewide. Deer and archery uh, through January 15th. And deer areas 3, 7, 8, and 10 through January 31st. And state deer areas 1, 2, and 4 through the 15th. State deer areas 5, 6, and 9. So uh, quail, rabbit, squirrels through February 28th. Only on private lands. So okay. uh, 
A lot of rules there you got to follow. I suggest you go to yeah. the website. Mm-hmm. Look That's at what all I was going to say, Tony. And then make sure you print your map of those different 10 areas throughout the state. Make sure you follow those rules. I'm not a deer hunter, so uh, I'm nope. just giving you information to uh, make sure uh, where you're heading and what you're doing and what you're shooting. That's it. And you, you obey the laws. Elsewhere, uh, this I saw this, and uh, just a New Iberian man, didn't, uh, not going to list his name, pleads guilty in federal court for migratory bird uh, uh, violations. And uh, he pled guilty and was sentenced in federal court uh, November 29th for migratory uh, game bird hunting violations. Uh, the 22-year-old was fined $2,200, ordered to serve uh, 50 hours of community service, and had his hunting and uh, privileges taken away for two years. The guilty plea stems from the Wildlife and Fisheries Enforcement Division investigation where the agent cited the convicted man on November 20th last year, meaning 2021, for taking over the limit of morning doves and failing to possess the required uh, HIP certification, which is the Harvest Information Program. Agents uh, observed the person hunting doves in a field in St. Mary Parish uh, November 20th, that's of 2021. Agents made contact with him and found him in possession of 37 morning doves, which put him 22 doves above the daily limit of 15. Mm. Huh? He did not also possess his HIP certification. So, folks, uh, you know, $2,200 fine, losing your hunting privileges. And, Two years, yeah. That's right, and 50 hours probation. So, folks. Uh, Tough lick. Yep, you got to obey the laws. You yep. know, you got to obey the laws in that regard. So, uh Anyway, you pay a price. Elsewhere, uh, the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries agents investigating a fatal boating accident which took place in Vermilion Parish recently, uh, about a week ago. Okay. Uh, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries agents are investigating a fatal single-vessel incident that occurred in Vermilion Parish on December 3rd. The body of a 52-year-old of Abbeville was recovered from Bear Canal around 12.40 p.m. December 5th. Uh, that was two, uh, what uh, Monday. His body was turned over to the Vermilion Parish Coroner's Office to determine his official cause of death. Uh, agents, uh, along with Calcasieu Parish Sheriff's Office and the Vermilion Parish Sheriff's Office, were notified early in the morning of December 4th about a boater that didn't return from his trip the day before. They immediately conducted a search and found that the unmanned 18-foot vessel in the Bear Canal the search for the victim continued throughout the day and into the night. Agents believed at that time that the deceased was operating his vessel when he attempted to make a tight turn and was ejected from the vessel. Hmm. And Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries will lead the investigation of the agency for this fatal boating accident. The victim was not wearing a personal flotation device. Uh, and Tony, you know, the older I get, uh, I love to fish, but I'm starting to not want to go out there by myself. You know, because uh, I, I tell everybody that there's no breaks on the water, and things happen very, very fastly on the water, even more so than when you're driving down the road. I mean, there's so many things on the water that can jump up and get you. You know, just to say, uh, and that's one of them. Either you know, I don't know if he had hydraulic steering on his boat. That's how a friend of mine lost his life. Uh, he let go of the steering wheel just a split second, and the boat took a hard left and threw him out to the right. You know. So it's hard to say, but if he was making a sharp turn, and uh, like you said, if he had his jacket on, he might have, you know, survived. that's right. So I mean, that's just that's just tough, you know. 
Uh, of course, yep. a lot of these incidents when these guys these freak gals, accidents, man. Yep. Oh, you know, it, yeah, just like anyway. I said, it happens quick on the water, Tony. And it does, yeah. Rick. And and you could be doing twenty miles an hour. You it know, don't you take would, much, brother. That's right. If you hit your head, you know, I, I have oh, a, my, a my boats. My boats all aluminum. You hit that. I mean, it, it's solid, Tony. Yeah, and yeah. so if you hit your head on that boat anywhere, it's going to knock you, you out. Even you know? a log in the water, or a little yeah. tree stump, a tree stump just uh, right. polluting right below uh, yep. the water. Just uh, it just it just anything. But yeah. the kicker. Your life jacket. Yeah. Just. Yeah, if he'd had his jacket on, he might have. Yeah, he might have survived. Who knows? Don't know if, yeah. he, if it was a neck injury or bad. And he's a young man. We say he was 52. That's correct. Yeah. And, um, you know, just one of those things in yeah. life that uh, you try to uh, see if you That's can. That's right. Uh, yes, sir. But you, you hear this all the time. And, uh, yeah. It's just really sad. Flotation. So, um, yep. Flotation. And we're just trying to make people. The reason I read these articles out, and yeah. it's not for the morbid purpose. Uh, it's it's to keep people uh, on their toes. And if you go yeah. out, wear your jackets. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, I can swim. Don't. Yeah. Once you hit right. something, it knocks you out. Yeah. Uh, I don't care if you're the, yeah. the greatest swimmer in the world. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, you, the jacket yeah. at least keeps your head above water. That's and right. you got to make sure there are no holes in it and it's not worn. Not or, torn. That's, that's right. right. So it's... It's not a bad investment yeah. for, for your life. Oh, yeah, because my buddy, he drowned, Tony, less than – he was six foot tall. He drowned in less than six foot of water. Yep. Oh, but, I, I mean, he was knocked out, and that's, you know, yep. Yeah, and that's what takes place in a lot of these instances. And also, man, traveling at night, too. Yeah. Uh, that's, oh, I've heard some horror stories. Oh, no no lights. Oh, uh, oh, I didn't hear you coming, didn't see you. Yeah, but if you're running at night, you should have lights. Oh, on. yeah, especially there's no street lights out on yeah. the water. That's right. You know, you have maybe, and this guy had his daughter with him, and lucky he didn't get them both killed. Yeah, maybe you know? moonlight, but yeah. that's about it. You no, know? but and, still, it's, it's hard to see Tony on that water because it's dark. The water's right. dark at night, you that's know. That's right. No, yeah, it's yep. just amazing. Anyway, the tides for this weekend, uh, towards today, uh, December the 9th, uh, the sun w- rose at uh, 6.51 this morning. It's going to set at 5.09. like it's holding about that time, 5.09 for the last few weeks. In the high and low tide chart, you can see that the, f- the first low tide will be at 9.46 this morning, and the next uh, high tide, or the only high tide, at 6.34 p.m. Uh, we've got a full moon, too, right now. Elsewhere, tomorrow, the 10th of December, uh, the sun's going to rise at 6.52. It's going to set at 5.09. And in the high and low tide chart, the low tide will be at 10.21 in the morning. That's Saturday morning. And the high tide will be at 7.20 in the evening. Uh, on Sunday, the 11th, uh, the sun uh, will rise at Southwest Pass Vermilion Bay at 6.52. Sunset will be at 5.10. In the high and low tide chart, we can see that the first low tide will be at 10.59 a.m. And the next low tide will be at 11.03 p.m. The only high tide of the day will be at 8.12 p.m., and that's uh, Sunday the 11th. The average water temperature in southwest past Vermilion Bay, uh, crisp uh, 69. Uh, it's holding at uh, about that, that right temperature, Rick. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll see what uh, shakes place uh, here on the weekend. Uh, hopefully the, we'll get a little more sunshine with the cloud cover we had this morning and late that fog we had early this morning. Anyway, Rick, uh, you know, uh, we wouldn't be here each uh, Friday if it weren't for these people. You're right, Tony. Got to thank Alamo Hydraulics, Doors Heating and Cooling, Coca-Cola, Quarter Tavern, and Home Run Pizza. And our motto is always... Kids that hunt and fish, don't steal and deal.